When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man Hey, what's up Three Swings listeners, Three Bs? I think that's what I'm going to call y'all. I hope you're alright with that. What's up you guys? What's up everybody? I keep saying you guys. I get it. It's not inclusive, but it's a thing I say. And I say it on occasion, so forgive me when I do. And also forgive me, I'm in a very very echoey room. (laughs) I'm alone in my dad's house with my dad's dog. And I'm taking care of my dad's dog by myself and recording a podcast. Uh, Number one, thanks to everybody that's come to the show so far on my close to home tour. It's been a blast. Marilyn, you were wonderful. Uh, Lancaster, you were wonderful. Bethlehem, you were wonderful. Brooklyn, you were wonderful. And let's see, Cincinnati, fantastic. Indianapolis, wonderful, fantastic. Fort Wayne, so good. Featuring Wayne, you guys. <laughs> see, I said you guys again. Anyways. Um, but, uh, no thanks to the gay club behind, uh, Calhoun Street that started their music in the middle of my set. What the heck? What the heck, folks? Anyways, um, let's see. Where'd I go after that? I went somewhere else, didn't I? I can't remember now. Oh, yes, uh, Grand Rapids. I went to Grand Rapids after that. Sorry, I've been alone trying to remember everything I need to say. Also trying not to pop these peas, but like I said, I've got a puppy on my foot and a phone, and no internet, and a very echoey house. It's a small, echoey house, but echoey nonetheless. Um, anyway, so yes, Grand Rapids, you were wonderful. The mayor of Ypsilanti came out with her wife, the first lady of Ypsilanti. Go to my Instagram if you want to check that out. Very cool, LGBTQ mayor in Michigan. Shout out. Um, yeah, so the shows have been wonderful, and if you are in St. Louis or Kansas City, I'm gonna be there this weekend, Friday and Saturday, you should come to those shows, because there's still tickets left, but they are gonna sell out, and you should come to it. This dog needs to come back in here so he doesn't poop on the hallway. It's National Siblings Day today, the day that I'm recording this podcast. The day that it's coming out is not National Siblings Day. I have zero siblings, but I guess this dog is my brother. He's the son my dad never had. So anyway, um, I thought I was going to be able to watch more baseball while I was on tour, not realizing that, damn, it's hard to watch baseball if you don't have MLB Network. (laughs) I've watched, I saw the Yankees game when DD had the two home runs and Giancarlo had a platinum sombrero. 
that was pretty wild. Uh, I caught a little bit of Trevor Bauer pitching on Saturday. Um, that was interesting. Looked pretty good. It was real cold. Also really funny to me, when, whenever Trevor Bauer is on the mound, Rick Manning always defending Trevor Bauer and his, quote, attitude. <laughs> it's just very funny to me. It always comes up. It's always talked about. Seems like it's an issue. Anyway, um, yeah, so then Corey Kluber looked like he was back in form yesterday, which was Monday. Um, like I said, I've only been catching baseball in terms of how bad my fantasy team is and also the notifications that I get. So I can't really speak to a ton of baseball stuff that's been happening, which is kind of the point of this podcast, but what can you do, you know? I can only do my best because I am literally not at home. Um, so let's see. The rundown and the top stories at the, the MLB... Max Scherzer joins Nolan Ryan, an exclusive club of something. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Only pitchers to throw a shutout with 10 Ks and a stolen base. Now, there's a specific stat for you. The Mets are 8-1. It's their best start. They're matching a previous best start. Corey Kluber threw 13 Ks in his first win. Verlander leads the Astros to their third straight win. The Brewers stun the cards, and they're without their closer, who was not doing very well to begin with. And let's see. Let's just go through the standings here, which I think are somewhat surprising. In the National League West, we've got Arizona leading with an 8-2 record. Colorado coming in after that 5-6. So Arizona is the only team with a winning record in the West. Who would have predicted that? I will say when I was on... uh, Jen and Mac Ramos's podcast. I hesitated when I said Dodgers in the West. I will be surprised if they win the division. I haven't gotten to watch any of their games, but given the scores and just what's going on, I don't know, man. <laughs> they, they don't sound too good. Um, so yeah, Arizona eight and two, Colorado five and six, San Francisco four and five, Los Angeles. Three and six. San Diego, three and eight. Then we come in with the East. The New York Mets are eight and one. And then second, the Atlanta team at six and four. Washington is at 500 at five and five. Philadelphia at four and five. And Miami at three and seven. So I would say that's pretty surprising. (laughs) I don't know that anybody could have predicted this. Is there just going to be a huge fallout or... What's going to happen? Central. Even more surprising. The Pittsburgh Pirates are 7-2. The Chicago Cubs are 5-4. Milwaukee Brewers are 6-5. And And St. Louis, 4-6. Cincinnati, 2-7. The American League East. Boston is 8-1. Tied with the Mets for the best record. Toronto coming in second at 7-4. The Yankees are at 500, 5 and 5. Baltimore 4 and 7. And Tampa Bay, not surprisingly, 2 and 8. Then in the Central, we've got Cleveland and Minnesota tied for first, both at 500. Cleveland at 5 and 5, Minnesota at 4 and 4, Detroit at 4 and 5, Kansas City 3 and 5, 
Chicago White Sox three and six. Now, everyone was thinking that the Central was going to be this just awful division. Now, obviously, there's three teams with losing records. Are they as bad as the other the other divisions in, say, the National League? No. Then in the West, we've got Houston at nine and two, the Angels at eight and three, Seattle at four and four, Oakland at four and seven, and Texas at four and eight. The West is not very surprising in the American League, but still, I would say overall surprising standings three weeks into the season. Um, I wonder how long this Mets mojo can go. I'm curious to see how long the Pittsburgh magic lasts. They've got some pretty good talent. It's almost like McCutcheon leaving changed some uh, stuff going on. I had Gregory Polanco and accidentally dropped him, and then somebody grabbed him in my fantasy league. I've kind of given up on my fantasy league. I really kind of messed up in a way that's irreparable. (laughs) So there's literally no way I can win, and I would be surprised if I win a single matchup. Kind of weird. Decided to go all in on this baseball thing, have a podcast and everything, and now I'm the worst in my fantasy baseball league. Sometimes I feel like I want to fail. I don't know. It's kind of an Akron thing. I'm not sure. Um, so that's what's going on with baseball. I'm going to be stoked to go home and watch a game from start to finish. That'll be fun. It would probably be helpful, you know, for my baseball podcast to do that. But, you know, you do what you can. I tried to go to a Cincinnati Reds game. It was the Reds and the Cubs. I knew it was going to get rained out, but I tried. I went to the ballpark. I bought a hat and it was rained out. So I'm selling those tickets on SeatGeek if you're a Cubs fan or a Reds fan. May 19th, I think. They're up on SeatGeek. (laughs) Let me know if you're interested. Ballpark seemed cool. Seemed like a great place to catch a game. But I did not get to catch a game. So haven't seen a baseball game. I could go up to Cleveland, but I'm not going to. I watched that Deadspin video that came out over the weekend when they had their home opener and... I am not going to say I'm surprised, because I wasn't. Anybody that's surprised by that, well, you're probably not from around here. (laughs) I saw that and was like, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Cleveland fans. If you're listening, then you probably agree with me on the logo and the name. So we're on the same side of this. But I would say, stop yourself from saying not all Cleveland fans, because we already know that. The problem is that there are Cleveland fans like that. And the problem is, it's a lot more than you think. Because it ain't just a few. It was pretty sad to see that. The just absolute vile bigotry being spewed. And they think they're not being bigots, but there's white people screaming at indigenous people. So, I don't know. It's complicated. And I don't know if I can... Stop. Like I said, I've got this dog here. (laughs) I don't know if I can be a fan of this team. Like, at all. It's kind of... Going back to the Trevor Bauer thing, he's always saying his teammates agree with him about Trump. And if that's true, then I don't like that team. I already knew I couldn't really... I've tried not to be too much of a fan of that team. I don't really talk about them other than to talk about the fact that they have a logo they need to get rid of and a name they need to change. I try to only really talk about that and not talk about 
how much I like them or anything, because I really don't like them that much. Something that's very true about me, one of the reasons why I like baseball so much, is it does remind me of good things, you know? Kind of takes me back to, like, childhood. You know, when things were simpler and you just liked things. And so when I get, like, sad or down or something, you know, I think about these teams and then I think, oh, man, I want to participate in this again. And then I remember the two teams that I I have those feelings about and neither of them are teams that I can actually wear (laughs) or, like, have even a hat of. And is this the worst problem in the world? Absolutely not. It's definitely not the worst problem in the world. But in some ways it's just sad because I have no team and I really love this game a lot. So anyway, that's a kind of a unique position to be in. It's very much an only child sort of a only child on National Siblings Day just every day during the baseball season, you know. (laughs) So that's my rundown. I think um, a lot more of these divisions are going to be a lot more competitive than we thought because I just think People like to go into baseball thinking, well, this is going to happen. Just like I thought, well, Joey Votto's going to be dependable, <laughs> and he's not at all. And I had zero aces, so it's basically impossible for me to win anything. But I think a lot of people were wrong and not really looking at the new talent that's coming up. I mean, Acuna hasn't even been brought up yet, so I'm curious to see what goes on with the Braves after that. So, after this... Um, I'm just going to tell you guys a story. I don't have an interview this week. Didn't work out. So I'm just going to tell you a baseball story. Sound good? And if you like it, you'll like it. Be right back after this. Guess what, Three Swings listeners? I am still on the road. And guess what I brought with me in my luggage? to go on the road. That's right, Tomboy X underwear. You know why? Because it's super comfortable. It fits me, not just my body, but who I am. And it looks great inside my suitcase. Been wearing it all over the Midwest Eastern United States. (laughs) Been seeing a lot of people wearing the underwear. How do I know that? Because the underwear band sticks out a little bit. And hey, Tomboy X has a great underwear band, so it looks cool. When it sticks out, you know me, you know how I like that micro-modal fabric. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but I'm from Ohio and that's how I pronounce it. It's also great for traveling. It's super light. It's almost like you're not wearing underwear. It's kind of perfect. So it is time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. Wear underwear with more function than frills. Underwear that your mom didn't get you. Or maybe they did, because they're cool. I've had a lot of cool moms coming to my shows. So shout out to cool moms. If you're a cool mom listening right now, maybe get your kid some Tomboy X underwear. And if you want to, you should go to TomboyX.com baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And Three Swings listeners get an extra 15% off with code baseball. Again, that's code baseball for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to tomboyx.com slash baseball. 
So some news came out on Twitter last week that um, Amazon was going to be making an a league of their own television series, Abby Jacobson, and a lot of people tweeted it at me, uh, which was very cool. People know me. That's very nice. I felt understood. <laughs> it's very nice to have strangers sending you stuff that you they think you're going to like. Um, and I did like it. I think it's cool. Um, I think it has a lot of potential to be a really good series, really interesting. Um, and it's real exciting. There's all kinds of new stories coming out about a lot of the players, and people are kind of focusing on the actual players as opposed to the movie characters, which both, to me, have a lot of value, but I think that um, talking about the actual people that played the game are is very valuable. I'm stoked that uh, people are starting to pay attention to the the real women that inspired the characters from that movie, um, which is pretty neat because a lot of them are still around and a lot of them aren't going to be around for much longer. So it's cool that they're starting to get, you know, the due that they've been owed for a while, which is very neat. So I thought I would just tell this story of two years ago when I went to the Bentonville Film Festival which happens to be a fe- festival in Bentonville, Arkansas, uh, put on by Gina Davis and her institute. Now, if you don't know Gina Davis's institute, also, if you don't know who Gina Davis is, stop listening to this podcast <laughs> and watch all of her movies. Um, she's very good in everything that she does. Um, literally everything. She's very talented. And also very smart. She's a Mensa. She decided she wanted to take up archery one year and then became like an Olympic level archer. And if you Google Gina Davis archery, you'll find a picture of her in her Rockford Peaches uniform (laughs) with a bow and arrow. So everyone needs that in their lives. Uh, But a couple years ago, Gina Davis decided to start this institute, um, which was for uh, gender representation in media because... Something that she realized was if we wanted to get gender parity in, let's say, Congress or the Senate, and parity means equality to get, you know, 50% men, 50% women, um, it would take something like 200 or 500 years. Because to reach that, you have to get everybody to vote for that. And as we've seen, it doesn't always work out for whatever reasons, you know? So given that you have to require everybody to get on board with it and vote for it, it would take a long time. But what she realized she could change is representation in media. Because number one, she already had the connections. And number two, you can walk into a casting office and say, hey, look at these numbers. You need to change this. Did you realize that this was even happening? So, I think it was a brilliant choice on her part to do this because she focused on data so she could have the papers and the numbers to point directly to. This dog is running around the house. (sighs) Very interesting life that I'm living right now. Um, One statistic that really stuck out to me that I always repeat is that they combed all of media and they found that when 
surveying crowd scenes. So anytime that you're looking at just a bunch of extras that are supposed to represent, you know, a city or a space or a job or something like that, um, that 17% of people in crowd scenes were women or femme or whatever you would like to say. Um, 17%, which is not accurate of the actual world, which we obviously know uh, is, you know, 51%. So 17 is not accurate if you're talking about a New York City sidewalk or whatever. Um, and on top of that, that also includes animation. So we're not even just talking about um, casting directors not paying attention to the number of actors that they're hiring. It's also the animators um, drawing men and not noticing what they're doing. Um, so that's bonkers, you know? And that was a number that she could actually take in to meetings with executives and she could actually say, look at this, this is, this is wrong. You can fix this tomorrow. And they can, as opposed to trying to get people to vote on a very long, long timeline. Um, another story that, an anecdote that her institute liked to talk about was um, the, I believe Philharmonic or an orchestra um, was trying to hire more women and trying to figure out how to do that. And so what they did was they had um, auditions, tryouts or whatever, um, and they made them blind. And so people came in, auditioned for, you know, first chair, second chair, all that business. And then they still ended up with the same amount of men versus women. And so they were trying to figure out how that still happened. And what they realized was they were having them audition behind the curtain on stage. And so they were walking in on a hard floor and they could hear the women's shoes. And the people who were running the auditions were having a sort of I guess Pavlovian response to high heels and realizing, oh, this is a woman and then judging them differently. How bonkers is that? Kind of proves the whole thing now, doesn't it? <laughs> so anyway, back to Bentonville, a thing that um, after Gina Davis's institute sort of took off and was meeting with people and gaining some steam, what she decided to do is start a film festival in Bentonville uh, because there's actually like a lot of, you know, m money down there because it's the headquarters of Walmart. It's where the original Walmart is. And so Walmart donated a lot of money to put this film festival on. And one of the things they wanted to do was bring in a lot of, you know, like women, people of color and, uh, you know, LGBTQ uh, filmmakers. And so... Also to bring some, you know, more eyes to the film festival, she decided to do an A League of Their Own reunion softball game. And the first year, I think like basically everybody but Madonna came to it, which is pretty cool. I remember there being like a little clip of Rosie and Gina like pointing at some women dressed up as peaches, which was very cool. Um, and so then when I went, I got a chance to interview Gina Davis because I went uh, with Amy Poehler's Smart Girls and got to do a really fun interview with her. And number one, she's such a cool person and so down to earth. She was so nice. I was so nervous. 
I wore my Rockford Peaches hat and my homage or homage, as everybody in Ohio likes to call it, uh, t-shirt. There's no crying in baseball shirt. Um, Gina told me that I reminded her very much of Kit slash Lori Petty. Um, I got to ask her a lot of questions. She tried on my hat. I got to try on her hat, which was the hat from the movie, which is pretty cool. Um, but also we were up in, so it was at the, uh, Naturals. I'm trying to remember what the city is, and it's not coming to me. But anyway, it's a part of the Royals farm system. Um, and so we were up in the suite, and there were a couple other people in there. And after I interviewed Gina Davis and, you know, got my heart rate back down, um, I talked to a couple of the people in there. And one of the guys that was in, in the suite was like, yeah, my mom's down there. She used to play and um, this, that, the other thing. And we talked for a second, and then... Um, I went down and I got to interview a bunch of the actors that were in A League of Their Own. So I got to interview um, Megan Cavanaugh, who plays Marla Hooch. What a hitter. Um, she is so wonderful and so friendly. Everybody was so wonderful and so friendly. She wasn't able to play in the softball game because she had just broken her arm, but she was coaching and doing a wonderful job of it. Um, she was wonderful. And I also got to talk to Tracy Reiner, who played Betty Spaghetti, of course. We all remember her as Betty Spaghetti. And then I got to interview Anne Ramsey, who is a bit of a twofer, given that she also played Robin in The L Word. Um, she also saw me do stand-up once at the improv and thought I was funny. So that was pretty great. Um, there's some pictures on my Instagram of that, which is a pretty wonderful experience. I also got to talk to Patty Pelton, who played Marble Ann Wilkinson, second base person of the Rockford Peaches. So I got to talk to all of them while they were playing the game. But I also got to talk to a woman who was there in a promotional A League of Their Own jersey, which I think was from the original release of the film. Her uniform of shirt had pins all over it from the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. She had one pin of her best friend, Pepper Davis. Pepper Pear Davis, a catcher and infielder who played from 1944 to 1953, who also wrote the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League theme song which she told me when I talked to her. Now, this woman, I believe, was 92 years old when I talked to her and could not have been taller than 5'2". It was wonderful to talk to her. That interview somewhere on Amy Poehler Smart Girls, and if you can find it, you should totally listen to it. I felt honored that I got to talk to an actual peach. Um, it was pretty wonderful. So after I interviewed her, she went up to Megan Cavanaugh, and she asked if she could bat. And of course, Megan Cavanaugh was like, absolutely, yes, right now. And so Megan Cavanaugh tells everybody, oh, Jeannie Casey's going to bat. Casey at the bat. You know, <laughs> perfect. So she grabs a bat and she goes over to the on-deck circle. And I'm watching her and she's standing there like a pro athlete, because she is. And it just so happens that at that exact moment... Gina Davis decides to gather everybody, all the actors, at the mound and 
sing the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League song. Now, for me, as a kid who went to see A League of Their Own in the theaters, probably opening week, was changed by it because I actually felt like I was seeing myself. I remember going to see that movie with a friend, with our moms, and then we came back to my house and we played wiffle ball in my driveway, like immediately. It was like the first thing we did and I was wearing um, just like a baseball style shirt, jersey thing that I think I got from like Gap Kids or something over overall shorts, which were my go-to. And so I like already had an A League of Their Own outfit on. <laughs> and then we went back and played wiffle ball. Um, so to see, to be an adult and be standing in a dugout watching Gina Davis and Megan Kavanaugh and Tracy Reiner, all of them start singing that song. I mean, I'm almost crying talking about it now. It was such a crazy experience. And I have video of it because I immediately was like, oh my God, I have to, I have to record this. And so I started filming it. But what I realized was, as I was filming it, I looked to my right And Gina Casey was standing on deck singing along. <laughs> and so I watched her sing. The song that her best friend wrote. That's funny that thinking about this is making me cry. For obvious reasons. <laughs> I just watched her sing that song and I listened to those actors sing it. And I thought about all the women in between. All the women that played in that league. And all the women that wanted to. And all the women that still want to. And I thought about how it took a movie 50 years later for everybody to talk about it. And now, 26 years later, it still resonates. So, I watched Gina Casey sing along to her best friend's song from the On Deck Circle. And it was wild to see a woman her age standing there like a pro athlete. It's just some, not something we get to see very often. It's not something that we look at in this in our culture. And women's sports as, like, a thing haven't really, I don't want to say haven't existed, but it wasn't until Title IX did we have something on the books that said, you have to look at this. You have to pay attention to us. And, I mean, we're still having that conversation today. Last week, Notre Dame beat Mississippi State, and Arike Ukambawe made... Two buzzer beaters in the final four. UConn didn't make it to the final again. Everybody was saying for weeks, oh, UConn is bad for women's basketball. And what that means to me is women's basketball can never be good. That's what people are saying when they say that. 
Because UConn is good for women's basketball. UConn is good for basketball. <laughs> it's always been good for basketball. Pat Summit was good for basketball. I think I'm just emotional because I'm in my hometown. <laughs> and I'm thinking about a moment that was really important to me. So, she sang the song. She stood on the on-deck circle. I watched her watch those actors. I watched her look out into the field, and I don't know what she was thinking about. So then the game started up again, and Gina went to bat. And the pitcher pitched the first pitch, and she swung at it and missed. He pitched another one, she swung and missed. And then he pitched a third, and she swung and missed. Now, remember, she's 92 years old, <laughs> swinging at softballs. And she misses that third one, and she turns to the umpire and she puts up a finger and says, can I get one more? <laughs> Which I'll never forget, because they would have given her as many as she needed, you know? <laughs> but she was still playing by the rules. And so they threw her one more and she made contact and it rolled just past the pitcher and he ran to it and fell over and she ran to first. And then the third baseman came in and tripped and fell. She got to second. Megan Cavanaugh is waving her home the whole time. Shortstop comes in bobbles the ball. She comes around third and goes home. Inside the park home run. And I recorded the whole thing. It was like, honestly, a transcendent moment. And I, I don't know how many other people in that stadium really knew what they were seeing. I hope they did. I mean, I do know that there was one other person that knew exactly what they were seeing. Because when I went back up to the suite that I had interviewed Gina Davis in, who was essentially playing Pepper in some ways, when I went back up there, the guy I'd been talking to earlier, I realized was Gina Casey's son. And he was holding a flip phone. And I was like, oh my God, your mom just hit a home run. And he was so excited and crying kind of like I am now. And he said, I tried to record it with my phone, but my phone is so janky. I couldn't get it. And so I handed him my phone. And he was just so happy. So I also gave them my email address and I dropbox the video to them. So I guess the lesson here is never be afraid to take video stuff. <laughs> I used to think that a lot, like, uh, you gotta be in the moment and this, that, the other thing. But sometimes, sometimes you should take video because we've got these phones and maybe not a concert because you're probably never gonna watch that again. But I would say if you go to an a League of Their Own reunion softball game where actual players from the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League are in attendance, take a video.
if you're showing your 84-year-old grandfather your union card, <laughs> take a video. Then later that same summer, the Major League Baseball Association, <laughs> that's not what it is, Major League Baseball put on um, the very first Trailblazer series, which, shout out to my friend Justine Siegel, who also runs Baseball for All, which is a nonprofit organization trying to get kids into baseball, but specifically girls because they're shut out of baseball. Um, she had been trying for years to get uh, Major League Baseball sort of involved with what she was doing. And so what they decided to do was, in collaboration with uh, Jackie Robinson Day every year, the weekend before Jackie Robinson Day, they're going to do a Trailblazer series, um, which is just a couple days sort of tournament slash exhibition of uh, different age groups of girls playing baseball together. And they do it at a Major League Baseball compound in Compton. And I went last year and I gotta say, it was honestly like that scene in A League of Their Own when Gina Davis and Lori Petty walk into the stadium and they just see all these women playing baseball. Um, I walked onto this field, this complex of fields, seeing all this baseball being played by different age groups of kids and then realizing that they're all girls or like non-binary kids or trans kids. Um, it was a pretty powerful thing to see. And it's actually where I met Jen Mac Ramos for the first time in real life, which is pretty great. And I also met two former All-American Girls Professional Baseball League players, uh, Maybelle Blair, who the character of May Morbidito, <laughs> all the way May was loosely created upon, and Shirley Berkovich. Um, and they were just having the time of their lives. And it was really great to meet them, and I got to take pictures with them. Um, it was just wonderful. Um, so I highly recommend, if you're in Southern California, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it, because I'm flying back that very day. But I did get to go last year, and it was wonderful. And it was wild to see these girls, like, getting to play baseball with other girls. Because um, I think a lot of them are the only ones where they play baseball which is a very relatable feeling. Um, it's relatable to me because I felt the same way growing up skateboarding. I was the only one all the time. And it was very lonely, super lonely. And it's easy for you to give up because you don't have anybody else to understand you. So it's a lonely road. It's not just not being good enough as... A baseball player but it's not being good enough as a girl baseball player and not being good enough and having nobody in your corner so I would check out the Trailblazer series also this August uh, like the last weekend of August is going to be the women's uh, world baseball cup and it's going to be in the United States for the first time I am trying really hard to go to it because um, I would really love to watch women play baseball from all over the world. Um, it's the same tournament that the men do that they did last year. At, or, yeah, last year, last season at Dodger Stadium, which I did go to the final for. Um, so I'm really hoping to go to that. So if anybody is some sort of 
very rich patron that wants to send me to Florida to cover it because they were so moved by my story I just told through tears. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but not really. If you want to send me there, I'll happily go. Um, I don't know if it's going to be televised, but it'll probably be on the internet somewhere. And so we should definitely check that out. Watch it together. Tell your friends. Pay attention to women's baseball. We have a national team, and we have had them for a long time. Trying to get into the Olympics. That would be great. Otherwise, let's watch them in the, the World Baseball Classic this year. Right? I think we should do that. Okay. I had a bit of an emotional breakdown, but that's what baseball is all about. If I never got sad during this baseball broadcast, then what would be the point? And I feel like a lot of you are listening just because you like to hear me talk about something that I'm very emphatic and passionate about. And sometimes when you're passionate about something, it makes you cry. There is crying in baseball, especially baseball podcasts. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sending me the news of the A League of Their Own uh, reboot slash reimagining. It's very exciting. Looking forward to it. Um, Please... Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Three Swings Pod. Also, um, if you like this podcast, tell your friends about it. If you think they might be into it, like tell a friend or two. A lot of people at the shows have been coming up and telling me how much they like the, the podcast, and that's awesome. Keep doing that, but keep telling your friends. It's only going to get better from here on out. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Rhea Butcher on both Twitter and Instagram. I think we're on Facebook. I'm probably going to leave Facebook pretty soon. <laughs> um, please, uh, you know, rate and review and subscribe. That really helps us out a lot. Um, and check out all my tour dates that are coming up. There's some more stuff in the summer. But also, oh, I'm going to be in Ireland this summer, which is very exciting. Very excited about that. I've never left this continent, really. I mean, I went to Hawaii and I've gone on the Joko cruise. That's it. (laughs) And that's nothing to shake a stick at. I'm just saying. I'm 35 and I've never left this continent. Not complaining, just pointing it out. So if you're in Ireland, I'll be there soon. Um, And again, if you're in St. Louis or Kansas City, there's still a few tickets left this Friday and this Saturday. I would love to see you. And, as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.